Praise the Lord and good evening from Family Worship Center in Vandalia, Illinois. Old home of, I don't know what it's old home of, Abraham Lincoln stayed here and governed here years ago. This was Illinois' first and oldest state capital, the city of Vandalia from, I believe, 1819 to 1839. So we want to welcome you tonight to church. We're doing it a little bit different tonight than we have in the previous few weeks. We had music the last few services, and tonight we're down to just me. And I'm going to talk to you for a little while. I'm going to continue my lesson tonight on connections. Um, I want to talk about the connections between the believer and the angels, the angelic host. Uh, before we get started tonight, I would like for you to check out the church's Facebook page, Family Worship Center. And if you didn't get a chance to watch live last night, go back and watch the um, lesson by Sister Ginger Zimmerman on your pastor and you. She was talking about what pastors do and, and what we're here for and how we can help and how we can work together. That was awesome. And so we want to go back and look at that, your pastor and you. That's going to be for a couple more weeks on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Also, this Friday night, we are going to have, I'm going to be on Zoom. Now, we're throwing out all kinds of things. We're throwing out Chromecast and Fire TV and Apple TV and Roku and Facebook and, and all of these platforms, BotsCast and our website, webcasting, fwc-vandalia.com. We're throwing all this out, Facebook, or not Facebook, YouTube. We're throwing all this out. So I want to talk to you, and, and I'd like to meet up with the church folks on Zoom and uh, Friday night. Now, we've tried this, and people had trouble getting on Zoom. The reason I want you to learn how to use Zoom is because once we get back to having services and being able to be together, uh, we're going to also still continue this online teaching. We're still going to continue not on Wednesday nights and Sundays like we do now, but on other nights through the week, we're going to do Bible studies online. We're going to do training online. And I just think this is where the Lord wants us to go is the body of Christ. So um, Ginger is going to post on Facebook here shortly tonight or tomorrow, the instructions on how to log into Zoom and become part of our meeting. And on Zoom, unlike Facebook, you can message on Facebook and we can read your message, but on Zoom, you can actually speak and interact and all of that. So that's 7 o'clock Friday night. I will be on Zoom. I hope everybody in the church can that can will meet me, join me on Zoom and I know that there was some problems with Zoom in the, in the past with getting hacked and everything, and they're supposedly getting that fixed, so we hope so. We'll give it a shot and see, uh, you know, something happens, it's not going to kill us. We done went through Easter. We've already went through Easter without being in church together, so I mean, we can survive this. Also, there's no food pantry this week. I got my weeks mixed up. Food pantry is next Saturday. I believe that's going to be May... Is it going to be May uh, 9th? I believe it is. Next Saturday, May 9th, is Food Pantry for the local community here. Those of you who work Food Pantry, get in contact with Sister Sylvia Davis. She has everything lined out of how it's going to happen. It's going to be a drive-through um, Food Pantry ministry that we're going to do there. Also, I would like to say this, that... I talked to someone today that says, we really like to watch your preaching, but it uses up all of our data. Um, if you know somebody that doesn't have Wi-Fi or has limited amount of Wi-Fi, send them to the podcast if they'd like to listen to the sermons. The podcasts are not video, so they don't take up that much data, and they can listen to the same. It's the same audio that's on the podcast or on the video, except it's just audio on the podcast. That would be, I believe, FWC Vandalia dot com or in Podbean. If they don't know how to get there, let us know and we will help them get there as well. So b without saying anything else, um, thank you for your giving. 
you guys are doing great. You're taking care of the house of the Lord. That's awesome. And I've been checking on people. And if you need anything, you've got to let us know. Please let us know via phone call or text. Um, you know, let us know if you need anything. We want to be here in this time, even though we can't be together like this socially. We want to still be able to minister to you and take care of all the needs that you have. With that all said, we're going to the good word of the Lord tonight. We're going to talk about, this is part three of my lessons on connections. We want to talk about connections tonight. And we're going to just give a short review here. We're going to go to Daniel. In the Old Testament, we talked about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Last time, we talked about Gideon, and there are multiple, multiple scriptures on angels and angel in the Bible, some 300 scriptures in the King James Version that talks about angels. And so we want you to know that as a believer, you also have access and are connected to the ministry of angels, and the Lord wants us to realize that in the hour that we live in, that the angels will play a very important role in our lives and in the end-time ministry of the church. And so Daniel chapter 10, we talked last week that, that evolved into spiritual warfare. There was a vision that the king had, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he was puzzled by the dream. None of his uh, magicians, none of his wise men or astrologers could figure out the interpretation of the the vision of the dream, and so they put it to Daniel. Daniel began to pray. 21 days later, the answer came from Gabriel. Gabriel is a messenger angel, and Gabriel said, we heard you the first time, but we were held up for the 21 days because the prince of Persia withstood us. The prince of Persia withstood me, and he said, the Lord sent Michael to come to the, my aid and to my help. And we see that in uh, verse 13 of Daniel chapter 10. It said, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, so these princes that are being talked about here in Daniel chapter 10, these princes are angelic beings. They are fallen angels, and they are also angels of light which did not choose to follow Lucifer. He said, he came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. And he said, now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And then in Daniel, also in the same chapter, Daniel chapter 10, if you'd like to take a, a good lesson in that in spiritual warfare, you can do that and then put that side by side with Ephesians chapter 6 where Paul talks about principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world. This is the spiritual warfare that we're talking about today. Gabriel said, Do you know wherefore I have come unto thee? And now I will return to fight. He's going to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece shall come. The prince of Grecia was the angel, the, the demonic prince that was controlling the kingdom of Greece. And if you look back in world history, you will see that during the time of Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar in the kingdom in Babylon, that when the Medo-Persian Empire, the prince of Persia in the heavenlies, was defeated, that it showed up on the earth as the kingdom of Persia was defeated by none other than the prince of Greece, which is none other than Alexander the Great. And so we left off last week in discussing the spiritual warfare and this, that whatever happens in the heavenlies shows up and is, is manifested on the earth. That's why it's important for the church to take its role as a spiritual force that although we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, that is why it's important for the church that we have to pray. 
We have to engage ourselves in spiritual warfare. We have to engage ourselves in spiritual activity because this is a spiritual fight. This is not a fight that you're going to fight and you're the bully down the street that you've always wanted to beat up ever since he broke your glasses and smashed them in front of you when you were in the thir third grade. This is a spiritual fight. And in order for the church to be victorious, the church is going to have to take up the mantle and the church is going to have to become involved in this fight. So we're going to get back to that as we end this series. This series is probably going to last another two lessons tonight and another lesson next week we'll finish up. We're going to have to uh, look at the authority of the believer and we're going to have to look at the connection of the believer with the angels of the Lord. And so we're going to go into the New Testament tonight. We're going to go to the book of Luke. We're going to go study a man named Zacharias. Now, I want you to know that there's many scriptures that I did not put here on the sake of time. I guess we have all the time in the world, don't we? Uh, but I know that Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and deliver them. We have guardian angels that watch over us. There's a scripture in one of my favorite scriptures in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 11. It's talking about when Jesus was on the Mount of Temptation and after he had been tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says after the third temptation, then the devil leaves him, leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. That's one of my favorite passages. The devil left, and the angels came and ministered unto him. And so I just want everybody to realize that you're not fighting this alone. You are not fighting by yourself. You are not fighting by yourself but you have the help of the angels, the angelic host behind you. And there were angels that were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah to, to pull out Lot and his wife and children out of Sodom and Gomorrah before God destroyed the city. So there are other encounters and actions of angels that I have, time would fail me right now to put out here. So I just kind of hit the high points. Hopefully you'll get a hold of this. Zacharias, Zacharias, we're going to Luke chapter number 1, verse number 5. It says, now this is a long, lengthy reading here, so bear with me. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandment, and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Now Zacharias is a, is a priest. And this is right after, as if we, we talked about Sunday, we talked about 400 silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is rolling into the New Testament now. So we're getting ready for a messianic reset here. We're getting ready for a Messiah to show up. So Zacharias is in the temple in Jerusalem. He's doing his sacrificing, his oblations. He's doing all of this stuff, all of this business. And suddenly there is an angel that is standing beside the altar of incense. And Zacharias is afraid. He's troubled. I would be too. I'm not expecting an angel to show up. How many times did Zacharias go do this? How many days did he go offer incense at, the, at that altar of incense and nobody was there and suddenly there's an angel? Whoa. Ghostbusters. Somebody's going to bust some ghosts around here. Something's going on. And so Zacharias is, is fearful. The angel says to him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. I want you to know, Zacharias, you're going to have a baby. Now, Zacharias was up in years. 
But you're not going to name him Zacharias. You're not going to name him Zach. You're going to name him John. Totally different than what the family lineage was. Totally different than what they had expected. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Now the angel here is laying out all of this. All right? This is the angel Gabriel. He's a messenger angel. He brings messages. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. Now, Malachi prophesied. The last book in the Old Testament, the last prophet of the Old Testament, Malachi prophesied that Elias, Elijah, would have suddenly appeared. And here is who he was talking about. He said, the angel said that the spirit and power before him shall be that of Elijah, Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make a people prepared, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am old and my wife well stricken in years. Now he's saying, you're telling me all this stuff and we're old folks. We are old people. I want you to look at something else here. I want you to realize that he's talking to an angel. This angel has just laid out all of this awesomeness on him. And he doubted. I do not see the angel killing him. I do not see the angel slapping him across the face and saying, you, you, infidel, you are, you are not believing what I'm telling you. Now we're going to kill you. doesn't say that. I said that to say this. We're human, and we all make mistakes. We are human, and we all have issues with faith and fear. We all have issues with unbelief. We all have issues believing that God really wants to do that for me. Oh, we can say, well, I know God wants to bless you, but he ain't going to bless me. It's easy for me to believe God wants to bless you, but it's hard for me to believe that God wants to bless me. It's easy for me to believe God for you, but it's hard for me to trust God for me. That makes sense? It's easy to believe for somebody else, but it's hard to trust for me. And somebody else, it's easy for them to believe for me, and it's hard for them to trust for their own situation and blessings. Zechariah said, we're old. What in the world's going on here? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Dude, he said, you are talking to Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I heard what God told me to tell you. I am relaying what God Almighty, what the creator of the entire universe has told me to tell you. Now, Gabriel's indignation is a little high here. He didn't kill Zacharias, but he did do this. He said, Behold, thou shalt be dumb and, shall not, and, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Believest thou, but because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Gabriel said, I'm not going to kill you. God's not going to kill you. But you're not going to be able to talk. You're going to be walking around not being able to talk, and we're going to show it as a sign. We're going to let the world know that you've had a visitation. What is awesome to me is it says, I am Gabriel, and I have stood in the presence of God Almighty, and I'm here to tell you, these glad tidings. God may tell you something and it blow your mind. If it's hard for you to receive, don't worry. Zacharias was the same way. It's part of our nature. That's why we have to put the word in us every day. That's why we have to condition our heart and our minds. 
to believe what the Lord wants to do in our hearts, minds, and lives. Amen. Now, Elizabeth. So Zacharias is going to come out of there, and he's going to look like he just saw a ghost. And he gonna, they're going to say, what happened to you? And he's going to say, hmm. Did you have an encounter? Mm. Did you see something? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to talk. So at the same time, Elizabeth gets a visitation. If God does not change, that's what he said in Malachi 3, I, behold, I am God, and I change not. If God does not change, and in the New Testament it says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God used angels to talk to people then, why would it be any different that he shouldn't talk to people using angels now? Why should we go through life not believing that there is an angelic host and an angelic army that is supplied to the believers of the Most High God. Why should you and I believe that we're walking through this life alone? Why should we believe that we're walking through this life all by ourselves? All by myself. Uh-uh, don't want to be all by. I don't want to be all by myself. I want the angels of the Lord to be with me. I want the Spirit of the Lord to be with me. So God, I'm praying tonight in the name of Jesus, just like we talked back in January or February about dreams, how God used dreams back in this Bible times to, to show in his people and, and how we've kind of gotten away from that. Pray that God give you dreams. Pray that God give you an angelic visitation. Pray that God open up the windows of heaven above you and you walk under an open heaven where you can see what's going on in the spirit realm. Elizabeth, Luke chapter 1, just a few verses down. Luke chapter 1 is so full of a lot of information. Luke chapter 1, read it sometime. Luke chapter 1 will just blow your mind. There's a lot of angel activity in Luke chapter 1 because heaven is getting ready to show up on earth. Luke 1, 24, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Now, Elizabeth, the reproach among men was she was old, stricken in years, and had no children. And in Jewish culture and custom at that time, it was very, very, it was very, very sad, and it was looked down upon for a Jewish home and Jewish family not to have children. And so she was, became a child. She conceived, and for five months she just hid herself. She didn't want anybody to know. The Lord dealt with me about this. The Lord's dealt with the reproach, and He's taken away the reproach of men that has been on me. And in the sixth month, look who shows up. Look who shows up. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Gabriel is busy. He's like, I have given more messages, Lord, in the last year here in Nazareth, and Jerusalem about babies on the way than I have for a long time. In the six months of Elizabeth's birthing process, the gestation period here, Gabriel shows up in Galilee to a virgin, verse 27, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her, unto her and said, Hail, thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee, cast in her mind, watch this, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this must be. What is he going to say to me? He just called me blessed among women. What's he going to say to me? And the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. John the Baptist and Jesus are six months apart. But this all came about by the announcement of an angel. This all came about by an angel visiting. In this situation that we find ourselves in today, I do not believe 
that the armies of heaven are just up in heaven standing idly by just seeing what's going to happen with this pandemic and the churches are shut down and we're I'm walking around in a sanctuary of empty pews wondering what's going on. I believe God is positioning angels of the Lord to bring about his will and his plan just like he did with Elizabeth, just like he brought his will and his plan just with Mary. God is wanting to do the same today. God is wanting to use the angels and the church, the believers, his bride in Christ, his bride on the earth, his body in the earth. He wants them to get ready and get mobilized because there's about to be a great harvest. Amen. I'm excited about this time. I'm excited about what is going on in this time and in this hour. Now, so let's look at Mary. Let's look what Mary's doing here. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. We've already read part of that. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall, and bring forth the Son, and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Notice that Mary was not questioning just what the angel was saying, like Zacharias did. He says, How am I going to know all this is going to come to pass? Mary said, How is this going to be in my situation? I've never been with a man. And she said, you know, basic biology tells me, and what we learned in school, basic biology says that there has to be a man and a woman in order to have a baby. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So the Father of Jesus is the Holy Ghost. It says it right here. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 about the Holy Ghost? And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He's got that Holy Ghost power waiting for each and every one of us. Oh, I pray that wherever you're watching this broadcast and whatever, whether you're in, in you know, the Philippines or whether you're in India or whether you're in, you know, uh, Baltimore or wherever you're at, I just pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would come on your life and you would experience the same power that Mary experienced. He said, and, and, and that power and, and that, that thing, that holy thing, which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. What's he talking about there? The power of the Spirit, the eternal Spirit of God is going to come and dwell in a body. And the body is going to be the Son. Because when the fullness of time was come, I believe Galatians 4.4, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law. And so that body is going to carry that Spirit of the Almighty all the way to the cross. And that body is going to die on that cross. But that Spirit that dwelt in Christ raised Him from the dead the third day. And one day it's going to raise our mortal bodies as well. Verse 36, And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. I want you to, brothers and sisters, I want you to remember this tonight. With God nothing shall be impossible. I talk to people who are going through problems with families and situations and loved ones and who are strung out on addictions and drugs, and, and the only thing we can do at times is just pray because we're praying to a God that nothing is impossible with. We are praying to a God that nothing is impossible for him to do. We look at situations, and, and we've tried all of our, our money. We've tried all of our influence we tried all of our education. We tried all of our medicine. We tried all the situation. I'm talking to somebody right now. You've got a situation in your life. 
and you've tried everything you know to do and you still can't get victory, that's when you're just going to have to back off and believe that all things are possible with God, that nothing is impossible with God, that God can do whatever it takes. But you see, God is not going to share his glory with just anybody. God is not going to share his glory with any of us. He will let it get down to the point where we have exhausted everything. Just read the story about the woman with the issue of blood 12 years. The Bible says that she, she spent all the money she had on the doctors and all the cures and all of this thing and passing by fads and everything, trying to get this issue of blood to stop in her life 12 years until that morning that she heard Jesus was coming by today. And she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And the Bible says at that moment the blood flow stopped right there. Why? Because no doctor could get credit for that. No remedy, no medication could get credit for that any longer. She already exhausted all those areas. No hypnotism, no willpower, nothing else could do except she touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped. And he said, I felt virtue leave me. That's the power of God. And so whatever situation you're in tonight, whatever situation you're in today, legal situation, custody situation, physical situation, mental situation, financial situation, God is the only answer. And sometimes you've got to do like Moses did when Moses said, God, what do you want us to do now? We've got the armies of Pharaoh, the strongest army in the world, coming in and closing in behind us. We've got a mountain on the left. We've got mountains on the right. We've got a Red Sea in front of us. What are we going to do now, God? And God says, just stand still. I'll take care of the rest. And the Bible says an east wind began to blow. You see, God's going to bring the answer out of something you never dreamed of. God's going to bring the answer out of something we never expected. God's going to bring the answer out of something that we never dreamed would happen. I told someone, someone today, I said, listen, I really feel like, and I, and I have been hard. I have been hard on social media and Facebook. I've been hard on those platforms. Why? Because, you know, people get on there and they put all their laundry out and do drama and they fight with each other and, you know, they love Jesus and the next minute they're cussing somebody out and it's just amazing. So I, I've stayed away from Facebook. But this situation that we find ourselves in now Hundreds of people, thousands of people are watching this broadcast tonight. Thousands of people will watch this broadcast later because of those platforms. Could it be that God had brought this technology to the church and the church has not utilized it until now? Now it's time for us to utilize it for his glory because the Bible says that this is the kingdom and the end of the world cannot come until every creature, every nation hear the good news of the gospel. Well, 35 years ago, I'm teaching Bible study, and I'm trying to figure out how in the world is every creature going to hear the gospel. Well, guess what? I know now it's going to be Internet. It's going to be the World Wide Web. It's going to be social media. It's going to be cell phones. Nothing can be done now in public without 500 cell phones cutting, getting ready to record it live. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God's trying to wake the church up. It's time for the church to mobilize. It's time for the people of God to mobilize. Yeah, we're going to still meet and do Bible study in person. Yeah, but we're going to do Bible study online too. Yeah, we're going to have forums. And yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have discipleship online. We're going to do this thing. It's time for the lid to come off, and it's time to get it rolling and get it done. Because for God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Gabriel had left his assignment. Well done, Gabriel. It was all done. Now look, and they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and stricken in years, and it came to pass. Now this is going back to Elizabeth. I want you to watch this. That while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, what does this tell me here? According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense as he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at a time of incense. Listen, what's this showing us here? You've got a visitation from Gabriel with Zacharias. 
you've got a visitation with Elizabeth from Gabriel, right? You've got a, a visitation from Gabriel with Mary. You've got these angelic visitations. And what are the people doing? What, what is Zacharias doing? He's just ministering to the Lord. He's just doing his daily routine serving the Lord. What am I saying? I'm saying as a pastor, brothers and sisters, we're going to have to do our routine continually with the Lord. You cannot stop. You cannot give up. You cannot back down. You cannot slow down. You have to keep on going. No matter what the opposition is, no matter what the enemy tries to do in your life, you're going to have to keep on going. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep ministering. Keep in there because there's about to be a shift. There's about to be a divine re reset like we talked about Sunday. God is getting ready to reset some things. This is not time to give up or throw in the towel. This is time to push the pedal to the metal. It's time to push on the gas and watch and see what God's going to do. Let's look at Peter here. Let's jump now from the time of the Lord's arrival to Simon Peter. Acts chapter 5, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all that they were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Now the apostles have been put in prison because of the gospel. The apostles have been put in prison because of living for the Lord and doing the work of the Lord. You can be doing the will of God and still face opposition. You can be doing the will of God and still face problems in your life. Just because you get God in your life doesn't mean that you're going to be able to just have this wonderful life and it's all going to be good and nothing's going to happen. You can still live for the Lord and still have problems. The apostles did. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. The angel busted them out of prison. The angel busted them out of the prison doors, and they went and said, Go talk to the people again. You see, the devil can't hold you down when God's plan is for you to be out. It may be God's plan for some of us to go to prison, and we start prison ministries. We start prison ministry, and we just start talking to prisoners and guards. And we just start witnessing and telling about the goodness of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. And we start talking about everything that the Lord has done. I'm telling you, God has a plan in your life. We talked about this the very first lesson of this series about divine connections and blessings and destiny. God has a book of destiny for you. So get ready in this last hour because you're coming into where your destiny is going to be fulfilled and finished. God's got a plan, brothers and sisters. It's not time to give up. Let's look at Peter again, Acts chapter 12. So he gets busted out of prison, out of jail, in Acts chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 6 of Acts 12. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Peter has found himself in prison again. Peter has found himself in prison again. Verse 7, look, and behold, the angel of the Lord, probably the same one that busted him out the last time. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, up, Rise up quickly, and his chains fell off of his hands. What a, what's going on here? What is happening here? Apparently, Peter was asleep. Peter's in prison. Now, if that had been some of us, we'd be asleep in prison. Oh, man, we would hear all kinds of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. If that was some of us, we'd be crying. Oh, my God, I'm in prison. Lord, I've done so much for you. Lord, I've been faithful. Lord, I have tried to do my best. Oh, Lord, I've tried this, and, I tr and now, God, you got me in prison. 
Lord says, I ain't heard no murmuring like that since the children of Israel. Back in the book of Numbers. Oh. Instead of murmuring and complaining, why don't you open your mouth and start praising? Why don't you thank the Lord that you found worthy to suffer persecution? That's what the apostles did. So Peter's asleep in prison. And the angel says, get up, son, get up. We got to go. He smokes Peter on the side, and he stands up, and the chains fell from his hands. They just fell off like they'd been unlocked because God has a plan. And the angel said to him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And, he so, and so he did. And he saith unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Peter thought he was dreaming, seeing a vision about all this. He was just dreaming about being free when he was really getting freed. He didn't realize what was going on, so he gets his clothes on, he gets his sandals on, he puts his garment on, he said, follow him. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. They walked through by all the prison, all the prison guards. They walked through all the first ward. They walked through the second ward. Nobody sees them. Everybody's just doing their thing. And Peter and the angel are walking on out. And they get over there to the gate of the city. There's one last gate that's going to be between Peter's imprisonment and Peter's freedom. And lo and behold, as they walked up to the gate, the Bible says, everybody say, the Bible says. Yeah, the Bible says that it opened to them of his own accord. When they got to the gate, God just pushed the gate open. Or was it another angel out there waiting on them? Oh, let me take care of that for you. What's that telling me? That tells me that man can't put anything around you and surround you that God can't deliver you from if it's in God's plan for him to deliver you. It may be his plan to let you be there for a while and start a prison ministry. That's what Paul did. We can get into that later. But you see, God's got a plan. God's not going to let you down. God's not going to let you slack off. God's got his hand on you. God's got everything going all right. Amen. And they went out and passed on through one street. They went one block down, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And forthwith the angel departed from him. Hallelujah. The angel said, I'm not going to leave you here just standing in this cell. I'm taking you by the first ward. I'm taking you by the second ward, and I'm taking you out to the gate. And when we get to the gate, the gate's going to open up, and we're going to go a block away from the jail, and then I'm gone. And that's what happened. You see, God has a plan. God has a purpose for each of our lives. Connections. I'm talking about divine connections, angels and believers. If he did it then, he'll do it now. Let's talk about the Apostle Paul in closing. But after a long abstinence, Acts 27, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Paul's on a ship and they're headed to Rome. And they wanted to sail as fast as they could. And they tried to outrun a hurricane a storm, and they got caught in the middle of it. He said, now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Paul said, I want everybody to be relaxed. I want everybody to be calm. I want you to be happy. None of us are going to die. How did he know this? None of us are going to lose our lives. How did he know that? None of us are going to be hurt. How did he know that? We're going to lose the ship. The ship's gone. We're going to lose the ship. We're going to be wet before it's all over, but we're still going to be alive. How did he know that? Verse 23, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Verse 23, Paul identified himself, and he said this, an angel of the Lord stood by me, whose I am, I'm God's, and whom I serve, God. You serve God, God's going to take care of you. He may even have to break out some angels to take care of you. You serve God, and you serve God, 
and you live for God, and you are the property of God, God's property, you're God's property, God's going to take care of you. That's what the Word says. Either we're Word people or we're not Word people. God is going to take care of you. So tonight, in closing, I'm asking you to let your faith mind open up. To let your mind open up in faith. I'm asking you to believe that God wants to give you divine help in this hour. I'm asking you to believe that God wants to give you divine help in your family. I'm asking you to believe that God, whom you serve and whose property you are, is concerned and cared and cares for everything and every situation in your life. And if God has to send the angels to do it, God will send the angels to do it. If God has to send angels to help you out, God will send angels to help you out. And it may not be where you get to the point where it's like, oh, I better go help Tracy. Better send some angels because he's in trouble. No, 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 no. God doesn't wait till you're in trouble like that. God's plan and purpose is perfect and real. God works deliberately. God works deliberately. He works so deliberate, he works down to the day. If you didn't see and haven't viewed my sermon from Sunday called A Divine Reset, when we talked about the Egyptian reset, the Bible says that Israel, the nation of Israel, the family of Jacob and Joseph was in, Israel, was in Egypt for 430 years. And on the last night of the 430th year, God sent the Passover angel and delivered them out of the land. I'm telling you, God is into deliberateness. God is into walking side by side with you. God is into letting the kingdom walk side by side with you. There's a song we sing around here. One of the phrases in the song says, I call your name, Lord, you reply. You bring your kingdom to stand by my side. The kingdom, brothers and sisters, is by your side tonight. No matter what the pandemic says, no matter what the news says, you need to start watching, stop watching the news, and you need to start watching Jesus. You need to stop putting all your attention on the news and all the bad that's happening, and you need to start putting your faith in Jesus that God's got this and everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Let me pray tonight for you before we go. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord, I call your name. Lord, you reply. You bring the kingdom of heaven to stand by my side. All the resources of heaven, all of the power of heaven, all of the mercy and grace of heaven, everything, God, that I need is right there by my side. And I pray, Lord, brothers and sisters all around the world will believe this word tonight, that they'll believe, God, that you have a plan for them, that you have the resources for them, and that you are the source, God, of everything they need. Be with them right now in the name of Jesus. Walk through the, our, our hearts. Walk through our lives. Walk through us in the name of Jesus and purge out everything, God, that's not of you. Cut away the pieces of our dead heart, our stony heart, Lord, that where your law needs to be written on. Cut away those pieces that interfere with the flow of your spirit and the flow of your faith through our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that this awakening that's coming and happening this reset that we're in the middle of right now, that, God, you would just lead us step by step and day by day. Let our faith be encouraged. Let us walk in newness of life and in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ and believe, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So before I go, I want to tell you that if you're needing anything, Please, you can message us on Facebook. You can message us on our, our web page, on our website, FWC, or the email address is pastor 
at fwc or dash vandalia.com. Our my phone number is 618 292 3323. Should you need anything, text us, email us, message us. If this word has hit your life and you want to know more about becoming a part of the body of Christ through baptism in water and through the power of the Holy Ghost, please. We'll help you do that as well. It doesn't matter. We've realized it doesn't matter where you're at. You'll be around the world, but we can teach you the Word of God around the world, and we'll connect you with someone to help bring the kingdom into your life. God bless you. I'll see you on Sunday at 11 o'clock with hopefully a wonderful word from the Lord to encourage or maybe a word from the Lord to get us to praying again, to repent, cleanse our hearts and our lives. Keep repenting, keep believing God, and keep walking in faith. Like the old evangelist used to say, and remember, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. God bless you.